Good afternoon, everyone. How are you guys doing? Welcome to episode 30 of Merchants of Novigrad, a podcast where we discuss everything Gwent. Today with me, as usual, my partner in crime, Hesser Tavern. And as you guys can see, once oh, again, once again, guys, we have a very special guest. The wholesome death that we need, but we don't deserve, the self-proclaimed Shoop Ambassador, and incidentally, the event manager at City Project Red, Repek. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me. We are, awesome, happy, we are ha very happy to have you. Uh, before we get into it, as always, a few words to people in chat. If you have any questions, you can simply ask them in chat, because Hesser, as always, has been charged with the very responsible task of collecting the more interesting ones, and we'll try to answer them as we go. Also, if you want to stay in touch off stream, you can follow us on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. And there is some special stuff in there today, so you might want to have a peek. And if you can watch right now, don't fret, because this episode is going to be released on YouTube, Spotify, and a number of other platforms, either today or later in the week. With that being said, let's move to the first segment of our podcast, which, as always, is what have you been up to? And we are going to start with you, Repek. Mr. Serious Streamer, you recently started your streaming career, so my first question is, what prompted you to do so, and how do you enjoy it? Uh, well, so I'm enjoying it very much. Uh, the idea uh, came, you know, came to my mind during the COVID period. You know, we were we we were all locked, and it's a nice way to stay in touch with the community with with people. But the the most important thing, I I just wanted to see how it looks from from the other side, right? How how it feels to play the game and talk to the camera for one viewer right or 10 <laughs> if you are lucky uh and it feels great uh time flies right you are playing for four hours and uh, uh even if you are losing <laughs> like i like i am uh, most of the time it it is very very cool cool experience so yeah that the, the main the main goal was to check uh how it feels from the the other side we were working with the streamers all the time so i just wanted to know how 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 it looks like from from your perspective right i would say it sounds pretty much like novices enthusiasm the rage <laughs> and the tilt is gonna come later <laughs> yes i i i think i streamed for five five times already and this uh uh, I don't think I could do this like every day for even four or six hours. Uh, I'm pretty sure it uh, at, at some point I would get exhausted, uh, even if I love the game. Like I love Gwent, and I guess it it, uh, it requires a special mindset and a set of skills to do this. But for now, streaming now and then for two days a week, I think I'll be fine. Yeah, I have to tell you, I have mad respect for all the streamers playing when on stream six, eight hours a day, almost every day. I don't know how they're doing that. So uh, hats off to these people, because it sounds like a major feat to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we are going to go back to this topic soon, but for now, I would like to move to Hesser and your very cryptic tweet. 
<laughs> are you are you branching out? Are you starting a new career? Because there was something something about the doctor. You had the the whole outfit and whatnot. So I'm wondering <laughs> what was that about? Oh man, I, I wish I wish actually. Funny story because I was visiting my family, um, who I haven't seen in a, in a long time, because uh, they are living in Sweden, in Stockholm, and uh, my cousin is actually a doctor there at uh, Karolinska's hospital. And uh, he managed actually to sneak me in to disguise me as a doctor there. And I was able to see that whole glory of this, you know, uh, perfect Scandinavian hospital. And it was awesome. Definitely. I, I definitely want to go there another time. Definitely not as a, as a patient, but maybe as a, some sort of a guest. Maybe this time in a more, uh, let's say, official way. <laughs> but that was a cool, cool um, definitely cool adventure. I hope you were not accidentally asked to perform any kind of surgery on anyone. <laughs> Maybe one or two. <laughs> no, I was just saying that I'm an exchange student and that worked for most of the time. Did the patient survive? <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> you know, uh, nobody is calling from Sweden, so it's all right, I guess. Yeah, there is, there is a uh, European warrant after you, but, uh, you know, nobody's calling. <laughs> It's called Bounty. It's called Bounty, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bounty uh, Hunter's underway. Yeah, Hesser, Hesser, what's your base power? I just, <laughs> just want to know how many coins we can get. <laughs> I don't know. Let's say... Uh, well, well, I'm at, probably least like, 10. at least 10. At least 10? <laughs> nah, I'm a weak one. It's probably like <laughs> 5 or 6. <laughs> yeah, ten, 10 is a little bit of over profit, so uh, 6 yeah. sounds more reasonable, I would say. <laughs> um... And going back to the whole streaming thing, because that's something that came to my mind when, when I saw, for example, Pavel doing Twig or, or Ryan doing an occasional stream or Jason doing an occasional stream. You know, people just show up and complain because they think you are in charge. So, Repek, the question is, how often do viewers complain about something in Gwent in your chat or how, how often they ask you to, to, to change something that you are actually not in charge of? So I will tell you in one month or two, because right now it's only five streams. So all I receive is just support. And uh, most of the people that are coming right to the to the stream uh, on their own will, right? Not fr from with the raid uh, and asking who is this guy, right? <laughs> Why some popular streamer raided this guy. Uh, but uh, usually people that are hanging out is like Camille, right? Or Claymore and many, many members of the community that we already know each other from, <coughs> sorry, from Twitter or from, from community events. So we are, they are not complaining, right? They are there to, to have fun. But uh, what I'm happy for now, there is no one coming and say not, no, they are not complaining about Gwen that there's no one coming saying, hey, fix Cyberpunk. That, that's, the, that's the thing that <laughs> most of our community team is experiencing when, when it comes to Gwen, right? We are playing Gwen, we have a Gwen event, and there is always someone saying, hey, guys, what about Cyberpunk? So for now, it's fine. Uh, and well, if someone comes, I will just say, hey, guys, I'm just a casual player. So... Yeah, that's a very re reasonable way to go to go about it. Because I have to tell you, we tweeted um, your appearance on, on the show, and there was a couple of comments under that tweet, and they were asking about Mamuna or some other card, and I was like, come on, guys, really? Really? Are you really going to ask about that? But 
you know, I totally get it. I totally get it. You know, you are turning on internet in the morning, right? And uh, last last night you were playing against someone. This deck destroyed you five times in a row, and your tweet pops up because it's how internet works, right? Algorithm that because if someone played Gwent, then uh, it is this content is being shown to him and. For many, I think for many people, it's the easiest way to uh, express their, well, let's say concerns or their thoughts. And you are there on the first line, in fact, right? So uh, it even, it doesn't surprise me or I think it's totally normal that they are asking this there because, you know, that's the moment when they uh, encounter the content that's related to Gwent and they want to share their feelings. Totally fine. Yeah, I guess if you are very passionate about the game and if you are somewhat desperate because things didn't really go your way, you are you are looking for any kind of communication and, and in hopes that something is gonna get changed. But you know, mm -hmm. speaking of 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 content, uh, let's move to the next segment, which is what's happening in Gwent. And right now, we are only a couple of days away from the third installment of Price of Power, which is called Harvest of Sorrow. I'm wondering who is the Metallica fan in, uh, in the studio. Uh, so how hyped are you guys? We've seen most of the cards. I think we are missing like three or four. So what is, what is the hype level right now? Amil? Yeah, actually, you know, I, I love all the cards that has been revealed. I can't wait for the uh, Northern Realms Legendary because uh, there's always like huge hopes for Northern Realms and supporting some, you know, some of the archetypes that uh, haven't been seen for a while. But I'm definitely going to try the head buff for the Skyatel. This is something that I wanted to see in a while. And I think a lot of people wanted to see Invigorate buffed and, and see how it works. I mean, like Torque is definitely uh, my MVP of, of the, this part of the expansion. So uh, I'm definitely giving him a shot. And apart from that, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, monsters actually look kind of weak to me, but uh, I love the Skellige having the uh, the weather buff. This is something that definitely going to try out after Skyatel. So yeah, high hopes and uh, definitely a lot of stuff to try out. I'm pretty hyped about that. Yeah, so I'm not the person that will ever predict if something is going to be a meme or meta, you know, uh, the new OP card. Uh, I love Torque uh, because he's like great character from the uh, from the st short short stories, right? Yeah. By Sapkowski. Uh, so I, I I always really like when when the character like this is introduced to the game, and mechanic is uh, looks promising. I always loved playing Invigorate back in the day when it was just boosting the whole whole hand, yeah. uh, um, and it was really a meme. Really, <laughs> <laughs> but I loved playing. You know, it was perfect ability for for a player like me just press everything <laughs> shines and let's go uh so that's that's the first card that really looks promising and the other one that every time when when there is a new expansion we are looking for new mechanics uh and new ideas how the game can be played uh so i think this time my winner is ryogan uh, from uh from skelliga so we have mm -hmm. a card we have a kind of new mechanic right we we had cards that 
start in your hand. Uh, and right now there's a card that starts in the graveyard. So I wonder if it if it works because I can imagine that uh, uh, round one squirrel <laughs> Mita is coming uh, <laughs> or in Xavier. Uh, but it looks it looks interesting and there is a story, right? Because there are two cards connected uh, to one another in in Skelly Guy. I, li I like when there is a when when a, even a card game can tell a story. I think Gwent is doing this quite quite nice. I like how you said that you are always trying to avoid predictions. Um, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat in the sense of I'm terrible at making them, uh, and this is, in my opinion, what um, what makes this installment distinctive as compared to the previous two installments. Because previously you could clearly see, okay, this card this card is really really good, it's gonna be played, and this card is really really bad, it's not gonna be played. And now if I look at all these cards. And we are talking about you know between 25 to 30 cards there is maybe three cards where i think i can make a prediction and that's it the rest i just don't know they could be good they could be bad and, and this is what i like because in this case i have this feeling that after the after the patch the meta is going to develop organically and that's what what we all want to see when it takes a couple of weeks for people realize okay this is actually pretty good and, and then decks are being shared and then more people are playing them but there is this long period of time where you see all kinds of memes and homebrews everyone trying everything so so i think this is um this is gonna be a very nice patch as compared to for example the previous installment where we we kind of knew okay this is nuts and this is gonna be everywhere yeah I think it's also surprising that uh, we are getting buffs and uh, the devs are getting out something that people totally forgot about. For example, this time it's going to be bonded because I think nobody predicted that there is going to be some sort of bonded support, right? This was some sort of attack that people were not just, just not using, right? And it will be occasionally. And this time we are getting the Mushy Truffle and I wonder if the next card that we're going to see, the next neutral card is going to be somehow connected with, with this as well. And also the Northern Realms card that has been revealed like uh, yesterday, I think, uh, is something that you would want to build around, right? I think that one of the community members mentioned that the Meditating Mage is something that you could really try to build a deck around, right? With the, that uh, resilience. So th this is going to be pretty cool, for sure. Yeah, I think every faction has got a bronze bonded card. And I have to tell you, as, as somebody who only plays Nerfguard, I already theory crafted an Illusionist deck because that card outclassif on, on, on the, the, the face value when I see it. I, I don't know how good it's gonna be. So right now I classify it as somewhere between homebrew and memes, but it's just <laughs> an amazing card to be around. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be so fun to play it. Yeah, hello Griffin. <laughs> Wait for, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. It's if you are going to play against monsters, you can you can take Griffin or or effectively um, any kind of taller unit like the Anal Conqueror, for instance. Uh, if you are playing against Skellige, you can take Greatsword or, or or Bear Witcher. You just need to make sure that there is a unit in the, in in the, your opponent's graveyard, and let's go. Actually, <laughs> on paper, you can do some Operator shenanigans where you play Operator into Illusionist, then use your Imprisonment ability to kill your opponent's Illusionist. And then just spam them all the time. It's also possible. Yeah, uh, coming on, on Tuesday, right? 
Yeah, it's, it's, I, I was yeah, really hoping it was going to be Tuesday because a lot of people were saying, oh, it's Wednesday. And I was like, nah, nah, because then I will have to I, I'm, wait. I'm... Because Wednesday's my day off, and you know the expansion would usually drop like 1 p.m. or something. And I would like to start a stream earlier, so I don't want to wait. So now that it's Tuesday, I'm actually happy about that because Wednesday I'll be ready to go from from the start and <laughs> just uh, explore the expansion. Yeah, perfect timing. All right, but let's move on. We got a question to you, Repek, actually here. Uh, we have to ask, because technically you're not a part of the Gwen team, right? You're taking care of all the events going on at CDPR. So um, do you get to see the upcoming content beforehand, on the, or do you see the reveals at the same time as everyone else in the community? How does it look like for you? So in theory, I can ask you know, Buja or uh, Molijin, right? Yeah. And hey, guys, what, what's going on there? And But I don't want to do this because, uh, like you said, I'm in the events team. We are taking care of different, because we are a team. I'm not there alone. We, it's yeah. a team of four people uh, working on different events. Uh, and um, if... Uh, what makes my what makes my for me what makes what makes this job interesting is that uh, I prefer to keep this uh, casual uh, approach to the game. Now I'm trying to keep the perspective of a player, of an outsider who is not inside. So you know when the cards are coming, I'm really hyped, and it, for me it works. Right for me it is important to. Uh, to see it at the same time as everyone, uh, as everyone does. Of course, from time to time, I'm asking Vlad, okay, when are we going to nerf this card uh, <laughs> that starts with A and ends with Alchemist? And you know, uh, but but that's it. Uh, uh, usually, I don't know much, and I don't want to know. Yeah, makes sense. Not spoiling the fun. Mm -hmm. You can you know have some fun with the with the other community members as soon as the cards drop. Honestly, your your anecdote about the car that starts with an with an A, it it reminded me of of an interview or or maybe it was Twig or maybe it was a pot or maybe it was Commander's Horn. Years ago, Pavel said he had he, he usually has a very similar experience because he's not in charge of balance. That's that's not his field of expertise. But sometimes when people just com keep complaining about the one card, he's like. You know, casually strolling through the office, knocking on some people's doors, like, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, how you doing, how you doing? How about this card, though? <laughs> it could be nerf, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I'm watching, to, I'm trying to watch Tweak every uh, every Friday to see what, what what's going on in the game, right? Uh, it's not that I'm... Uh, all the time talking to the guys from the Gwen teams, they they have the a lot of things on their on their plate, right? Every day I have mine. So uh, before COVID, it was easier. We were all in the studio, so sometimes during lunch we could talk about something. Right now, it's it's not possible. Uh, so yeah, I'm watching I'm watching Twig to know what's what's going on in the game. I, I like it, and every 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 week there is uh, everyone is asking Buja so many questions about the balance that. In fact, he cannot cannot answer, right? It's the, those are the questions to Molijin and guys who are um, working on the game, actual game. Yeah, exactly. Um, which prompts me to ask a follow up question because, as we already said, we we've seen most of the cards, 
and you know you're not part of the Gwen team. Is there any card that you've seen this um, during this review cycle where you think feel like, okay, this is too strong. It should be nerfed already before the release. I really leave it to pros, like we said before. Uh, probably there are cards that you know when you have a bronze, you 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 tend to think, okay, bronze usually it it won't be that uh, won't affect the game that much, and then we have an A. Chemist card and, <laughs> and and it and it works so well. Uh, it has a big uh, big impact on the game. So, well, like I said, I'm trying not to make some that kind of predictions. Maybe maybe this summoning card from Fuxia, right? I don't know how to pronounce it, right? Oh, the, the, uh, there is a community from... pronunciation that I don't think you will like. Yeah. I... <laughs> I can get yeah. So F card, F card, F card, uh, and on paper, so on, on digital paper, it looks <laughs> quite strong, right? Scaliga already have some summoning cards, but well, if you put one summoning card, you have to probably something out of the deck. So I will wait for the pros to do this for us. I guess that after the first week, there will already be like a wall of complaints about some cards and then the next week someone will find a a counter so i'm waiting for for the decks to appear or play the play gwent.com to net deck them and play them on stream another oh, instance no. promoting net decking yeah another instance of devs net decking when we had Jean on um, on the show it was it was like a month ago he all, he's part of the design team and and he admitted publicly that he's a filthy net decker yeah, I think that is totally fine uh, because there are. I always uh, admit that I'm not a great uh, deck builder. Uh, I've played many card games in the past, you know, traditional ones and digital ones. And net, building a deck, you need to. I think two skills. First one is you need to know the game good and you know think about what are the combinations, and that's the first place where. There are people who I know. There are people who are doing this much better than I do. And the second one is time, right? You need time to you know sit and think about the deck, and those are the things that I like, but that I lack. Uh, but I think I can play the game, right? So I was successful in in uh, in many card games before on a casual level, not on a pro level. But I when I get a good deck and I practice a bit, I can I can play it. So. I love people who are creating the decks for us, and uh, I can I can be a filthy net deckers ambassador. <laughs> so thank you, great deck builders. We need you. Uh, you are saving our time, and we enjoy the decks you are you are building. Yeah, this is something that I was mentioning when we were talking to Jean as well. I'm a filthy net decker myself because I just lack the time and ability to just put it all together. Just like, I don't know, even Shin Miri has like a spreadsheet with all the cards and his theory crafting before the release, right? This is something amazing to me. It's like, I, I always enjoy those those streams with, uh, with Shin Miri. Mm -hmm. uh, and one more thing uh, regarding this. Uh, I think that usually people are complaining about the net deckers because we are playing... Most people who are at net decking, they're playing the same decks, right? So uh, very fast, the ladder is populated with the same decks, right? I, I can get it that, that it is boring, right? That that we are playing all, um, against like five to 10 best decks. But people who think that 
people who want who are not in the decking would build better deck and make the ladder more interesting i think they're wrong because if i cannot build a good deck myself right interesting one a spicy one probably won't be there in, on the top of the ladder and on the, on the top of the ladder there will still still be players playing probably the best the most refined deck so i don't think it matters you know it uh, it would affect uh, the ladder much the, the experience if everyone tries to play their own decks yeah, I think I said that during one of the previous episodes. Uh, I used to be in strong opposition to net decking, and then I started working full time, and it's changed my uh, perspective on that. I still make my own decks, but I can clearly understand why why some people think, you know, what I'm not that skilled a player. I don't really have time to explore all the possibilities, so I'm just gonna, you know, lay it in the hands of the pros to come up with something that works that I can play after work for a couple of games. Exactly. The only decks that I some from time to time that I'm trying to create are uh, meme lore decks. Uh, so uh, back in the day, after big challengers, I was trying to uh, create a deck that sums the uh, the big tournament up, right? Because sometimes during the big tournament there is a card or that you know wins our hearts, right? Usually they were they were they were played by Freddie Bates, right? He was finding a card that no one was using and then wow, this card works in the tournament environment. So that was the thing that I used to do. And right now sometimes there is a expansion with with the cards that we know from the lore and they do not work together at all. Uh but it is it is for a person who likes Witcher lore, it is fun to see them on board at the same time. So, uh, yeah, that's what I sometimes do. And speaking of meme or lore-friendly decks, um, I have to know, because not too long ago, Radea and Shoop got buffed. And you, as the self-proclaimed Shoop ambassador, how do you feel about it? How happy are First you about those changes? First of all, I'm really sorry I didn't have Shoop with me here because I left him in Krakow and I'm in Warsaw right now. Uh, that's that's unfortunate. Sorry, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really happy about the the buff uh, because I hope that soon enough, uh, sooner or later, we'll have new cool decks with with Shoopy, uh, that I can net deck. Uh, and I know there is something going on. One of the teams are preparing something uh so yeah let's see i'm i'm all in nice yeah all right it's I, great I, to hear i actually saw the rodea change as um as an incentive to experiment this patch right because a lot of you were yeah. saying oh this patch is not really that big it doesn't really address many issues or doesn't really re rework that many cars but I think that one prov one provision change to a card like this is clearly an incentive for you to think, you know what? It's a little bit of an off-season, and Rodea just got changed. Why not try it? Why not play her for, for a month? Come up with all kinds of ridiculous decks. Yeah, it's funny because uh, actually I got back to pro with uh, with a Nilfgaardian deck with Shoop and Rodea, and it, it seemed really strong. It's maybe not like super competitive, but it's it's really good. Yeah, so share me the list after after the show. I still have what's the oh I still have one day, right? To get to the pro. Oh yeah. I only need to win four games. Maybe maybe I can do this with Shoop. Absolutely. 
<laughs> yeah, I actually made a mage-oriented Radea Nilfgaard control deck. And, you know, some matchups, it's not performing that well, for example, Skellige Warriors, because there's not that, a whole lot to control. But whenever I see um, uh, Nature's Gift or, or Precision Strike coming up on the Versus screen, I'm like, Sir, you just lost in the deck builder. <laughs> because I have so much control, their gold is just pathetic, it's like 10 points. <laughs> and I still have ways to remove it. Nasty man. Always, always. Which, which actually <laughs> made me think about, you know, you, you were talking about uh, Viper Witcher Alchemist, and, and I was thinking about Kingslayer the other day, because a lot of people are, are, are kind of tired of Mill. Mill is not fun, because it's it's RNG-driven, and it's a little bit toxic. People people hate Mill. So I was like, yeah, let's change Kingslayer. Let's re rework Kingslayer. I thought, okay, but he's a Witcher, Viper Witcher. Okay, let's make him to support Clog. No, let, still evil. Still evil. No, no wholesome cards in Nilfgaard. Not gonna happen. <laughs> well, this is what Nilfgaard is about, right? So. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's why I love the faction. That's why it's. I always say it's the most loved and the most hated faction. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love playing Nilfgaard. They're great. <laughs> I, I don't care about me. I, well, it always looks like this: that if you are on one side of the meal, you hate it, and if you are on the other side of it, you love it. For me, it's fine. Uh, every every deck can be beaten. So, oh. Repic is actually sitting in the Emperor's room, by the way, guys. So yeah. uh, oh, this is uh, only proving that. Hello, this this guy over there is <laughs> looking at us. Right? Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, Emperor. <laughs> yeah, I actually found it really cool that you decided to um, appear on the show from from the uh, Gwen Studio. CDPR studio. Yeah, you know why I'm in Warsaw, uh, where we have the main headquarter, uh, and for for the weekend, and I'm living quite close to the, to the to the studio. It's like ten minutes walk. So I said, well, why not? And sorry <laughs> about the flicker, but we have very cool lightning here in this room uh, with with the emperor and the swords, and but it's affecting uh, the camera a bit. So. It looks great, man. It looks great. Absolutely, love it. it. Moving <laughs> on. Yeah, let's move on from the decks that we have now to the decks that are gonna be uh, appearing on the scene in just a couple of days. So after seeing all the nearly all the cards revealed, obviously, um, what's your take, guys, on the installment of Price of Power as a whole, and what are you hoping to play uh, as soon as the expansion drops, as the last batch of the expansion drops? Uh, you mean what I think about the 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 new for formula of uh, dropping the cards? Oh uh, yeah, that as well. And in general, what do you think about the whole uh, expansion? Mm -hmm. And then what what decks are you planning to to play? Uh, like like I said, I, I really like the stories behind the game if it's possible. And I, the the Gwen has this because there is a big story behind it already, right? We know the games, we know the books. So uh, it, 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 for the writers, I think it's very nice, nice thing to have, right? They can think, okay, let's introduce this card. And if we introduce another one, we can make a story around them. Uh, what you can find uh, in this uh, particular, in this whole expansion, in all the three parts, there is a story behind it. And I realized it's like, I don't know, several weeks ago, I think Vlad, so Tor Serpent, 
Tommy Hay Repeg, there is a story there, right? In every single drop of the cards, there is another character and they're doing something there, right? <laughs> so, oh man, that, that's great. So that, that was, that's what I liked about this expansion uh, because, you know, like I said, I'm not judging the cards before, before I, I play them. What I'm going to play, uh, I love monsters, uh, but the, 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 in general, I love monsters. I love the design and the aesthetics of, of the faction. I always did. But right now, torque all the way. Let's hand buff it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. And I think we have Philavandrel there as well. So, wow. This, this, these hands are going to shine. <laughs> nice. Shillard is very but... happy about that. <laughs> What about you, Matt? Oh wow, well, yeah. As I as I already said, I'm I'm already cooking uh, an Ill illusionist deck because that card just seems so cool, right? Of, of course, we have all the other cards in um, in in the Nilfgaard package, but then again, I, I look at Virgaforce and I think we already have a combo like this. We already have Gorthal Bay Cantarella, so it kind of replicates what we already have. So it can wait in terms of experimenting with new decks. Uh, I'm definitely gonna uh, dump Lydia into every Nilfgaard deck because she's just too good to pass on. <laughs> uh, and I, I love the art. Uh, a huge props to the Gwen team for using the art from the uh, artwork contest that was held a couple <laughs> of years ago, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Whoa. Long time ago. We are talking about Lydia, so that, that's another story, right? We have Vilgefort and Lydia. Coming together, right? Yeah. So that that's another thing that that uh, like it's love friendly. Yeah, I've, I have to tell you, uh, I was really looking forward to see Lydia in the game. And uh, before the last um, installment, for the second installment, I was actually knocking on some doors um, digitally, and you know, asking Jean and Jason, and hey, guys, uh, do do we get Lydia this installment? Is is Lydia in the works? And everyone was just giving me the face, like, don't ask, just don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah that, that that is an awesome card and um practitioner looks really strong as well so that if i'm gonna play assimilate if any former shape definitely putting him in in the deck but uh yeah for now it's, it's all about illusionists oh man it, it just looks too good like the meme potential of that card is through the roof and then you know if I diverge to to some other faction, then yeah, probably probably hand buff as well. Nice. All right. So there's like a small betrayal, but as we know, the Squatel cooperated. It's basically Nilfgaard. So. is yeah. basically Nilfgaard. We all know that. <laughs> we know that. It would be actually, it would be awesome, right? If if there was a Nilfgaardian unit that could spawn or create or whatever the um, the Vrihad units, because the Vrihad Brigade was part of the Nilfgaardian army. Yeah. That would be really cool. I don't think it's going to happen because we already know that anything that's cross-faction is a little bit of a problem when it comes to balance. For example, look at Gord right now. A lot of people are like, yeah, Gord is too strong, nerf Gord. And I agree, right? Gord in Squatel is too strong, but it's a dual-faction card. So if you nerf it too harsh, it's going to completely kill it in, in, in Syndicate. And I know that it's not a very popular in Syndicate right now. But still, you want the card to be playable in both both factions. So any kind of uh, significant nerf will just completely kill it for, for Syndicate. 
and I think that's part of the problem here. So I, I completely understand why we are not getting any dual faction cards anymore. <laughs> well, maybe we will at some point. You never know. Oh, you never know. I, if if there's no anything idea. I learn, if there's anything I learn, I learned about the uh, Gwent Dev team. Uh, you guys are crazy. Uh, so anything, <laughs> yes, they are. Any, anything, <laughs> anything can happen. Absolutely. But I can imagine why why it, why it would be hard right now. Uh, during the Novigrad expansion, there was new faction introduced, so we needed a lot of cards for the new faction. So it was a reasonable uh, idea to have them cross faction. Right yeah. in the cross faction form. Right now, I don't think we need it. Right or do we? I don't know. I don't know that's a question to the to the design team. But I think that what you said that it's hard later on to balance them because you have to think about two factions. It's it's just true. No, we talk about the cards, but there is there's a thing um, I would like to talk about as well, and it kind of links to the video that Lionheart posted yesterday about uh, our us community expectation expectations when it comes to the uh, development schedule so you know as we already said multiple times it's it's the last expansion of this set so what's your opinion on this new development schedule so far and, and mm. what do you think could be improved moving forward first of all uh i'm really always thankful and grateful that there are people in the community who who care and organize things like this so uh, shout out to Lionheart for doing this. Uh, I took part in this uh, uh, survey. Let's let's call it right. Uh, I answered all the questions like like I was a, a outsider because for me it looks like this. Like for for me, uh, I, I'm a player who gets the cards uh, every two months and I'm playing them. And in my opinion, for me it works. Right. So I'm quite happy. With, with this, but I really can't tell you uh, what's going on, what's going to happen in the in the future. For, for my from from my perspective, it's okay, it's fine. I, I like this uh, like this new format. Uh, it's totally different from what we that we were used to as players, right? When 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 I when I was told how it is how it would be um, how it would look like this year, I said, well, no kegs. Uh, no boosters, you know. Usually in the in the in the card games, you have this cool moment of buying a booster, a keg, and then well, let's hope for something cool. Even if you have all the cards, it's nice to have something shiny on, on the screen. But uh, now it's changed, and well, maybe maybe that's a that's a good change. Uh, but uh, for sure, the community team will. Uh, they will read the, you know, the the uh, the whole, uh, you know, the outcome of. They will get to know uh, how what what are the impressions and thoughts from the community, and we will see. Like I said, that's totally not my decision. I like the new format, and if most of the players will like it, probably it will be considered to to stay this way. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, like judging from what we can see from from the video for Lionheart's video uh we can see that most of the players also support uh this idea right uh, of keeping um, this uh, this development schedule um on the other hand you you can see the downsides obviously right like uh, we can imagine that after only after this batch 
uh, we are we are going to see the the full shine of the expansion, the full shine of all these archetypes buffed. And uh, you know, during that, before that, uh, actually there was a problem because a lot of people were, for example, playing a lot of mid range decks, and um, the community didn't like it a lot. So those are definitely some of the downsides. But yeah, getting more cards uh, in a shorter uh, period of time is something needed for the game, I think. And as we can see from the polls, uh, only 10%, like below even 10% of people wanted to get back to uh, just two expansions every, uh, one expansion every six months, right? So this is definitely a no-go um, for the future. But it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, what the team is going to decide for next year and for the next season. But yeah. I like it as well. I like mm -hmm. it. That That's the important thing that when when we drop a whole expansion, right? Like imagine dropping 72 cards, right? Yeah. In, in the middle of, of summer. Then after a month, uh, some players who are playing a lot, right? They instantly know, refine the best possible decks. And right now, I think in this, uh, in this new format, uh, the game the game is uh, stays fresh, right? For 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 longer longer period. Uh, I still think that, of course, after right now, if we drop this uh, drop this expansion, then after several months, people will see all the possibilities. But well, that that's how it how it works. But for sure, we we need new cards uh, dropping. But cacks are staying there. Right, so so you can get the the cards from from different in a different way. You don't have to spend money, right? In this, I think that our philosophy of being uh, generous, right? Not it's not it's not a pay to win game, but at all, right? You can Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's 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 fair. Yeah, absolutely. Think... You can just gather the resources and, you know, just craft the cards as soon as they appear, right? So uh, you can get ready for, for the uh, release of the batches of the expansion, if it makes sense. But I actually think uh, you, you misread the graphics because um, the option to stay with the current schedule was like 30-something percent. And all the yeah, other options right. were the majority, except people didn't really agree on what kind of schedule they want. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you take it like that... It's true, it's true, yeah. Uh, so, so there is that, and personally, I, I don't mind getting new content every other month, but what worries me is that the Gwent team is too small to properly evaluate everything on time, because the deadlines are there, and the, you know the PDRs have to be short, because there's just always something in the works, there's always something in the pipeline. So... Uh, you know, you, you said, Repek, that the game stays fresh, and it does, but it also stays perpetually broken because the cards that are OP are going to be there always because there is always the new batch, there is always new content, and there's never enough time to properly evaluate their, 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 um, their power. Yeah, but let me ask you a question. Is there a game, is there a digital card game that's different? Isn't, isn't the nature of card games in general that uh, the team that designs the, the cards can be, you know, very big. Like, let's say there are 100 people working constantly on a game, like only designing, checking the cards. And then they release it, and there are thousands or even 
hundreds of thousands of people playing and it is almost uh impossible uh it is well it is we we, we can be sure that they will always find uh something that's op uh and so the only the the, the good so we will have broken cards every time i think so because that's the nature of of card games what what's a good thing about digital card games that we can react right and i think that most of times we are doing this uh, at Gwent. at least i feel uh, it is working i know there are some cards that people are complaining constantly uh but uh, in general i think that that we are reacting and it is it is easier to react uh, to the to make some changes in the digital work, right? And not in a traditional and in opposition to the traditional card games. So I think the broken cards and there are uh they're a part of all the card card games. That's 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 the way. The only thing is how we react to how we react to this. It is I don't think there is a way around to avoiding this uh even if we had uh like years to, to prepare a new, new expansion. I, I don't really know how it works in other card games because Gwent is the only card game that I'm playing. And I'm not necessarily talking about cards that were difficult to predict because sometimes it takes a couple of days or weeks for the community, for all these thousands of people to figure it out. I'm talking about cards that are broken and people know that before the release. For example, Mamuna. Like that card, anyone with the... To quote people from my own team, from Team Legacy, the only requirement to determine that card that, that card like that is being broken is the ability to read. And so, so my this this is my only worry that we have cards like that where everyone knows. Okay, Mamuna broken on release. The F card is probably gonna be in the same category. So this is my only worry that we are talking about cards like that where it's just blatantly obvious. Yes. Well. So that's what I'm saying. There probably there will always oh uh, now and then there will always happen a situation like this. There is a card. There is uh, during the production some it's uh, the dev team said okay it's fine. Then it drops and it's it uh, they uh, we realize okay it's not perfect right and we i think as a players and i'm really i'm talking as a player here right i'm not a deaf i'm yeah, not absolutely, sitting absolutely. there maybe i would have seen it maybe not i'm not a pro player probably i would miss it too uh, and as a player then i'm playing against this card and say okay that's the last card that's mamuna i, I already lost right and it was like for for a month but i accept it I just accept it as a, as a player. I accept that that's the, the that's the way we're designing card games, living card games. It will happen. the The problem would be if the devs would say, "Okay, uh, now we are living with this card for for a year." Okay, until the next expansion, we will have five counters against this card that will be stealing this card or or something like this, and it will. Um, immediately will uh, at, and at that point it will it will be you know uh, the worst card in the game because no one will be playing this. So I think that's the that's the approach that I like that uh, not not you know um, we will never be certain 
that all the cards will be perfect, but the the final approach is the, the right approach is to react at the well in a, as soon as possible. Okay. <laughs> okay, and now let me explain uh, where I was going with this because it sounds like I'm just bashing the design team for making poor decisions. I'm not. The, the worry that I have is that in this current development schedule, they probably saw that. They probably saw that Mamuna or the F card or any other card that we perceive as broken, they saw that during the testing phase, but there was simply mm -hmm. not enough time to address the issue before the release. Because sometimes it's very easy. Sometimes you can reduce pro increase provisions or reduce power. But sometimes the solution to a card is not very obvious. It takes time, as you already said, right? It takes time to I react. get you. I get you. I, I you know, I we are talking about the the uh, the schedule, right? Because that that's where it came from, right? We, yeah. we we've been talking about the schedule. So what I'm what I'm trying to say, even if we, even that's. I think from from the perspective of playing games, card games for many years right now, digital ones uh, and traditional ones. I think even if you have a year to prepare uh, prepare uh, expansion and test it, there will always be cards that that are overlooked and they are broken. I I don't think that that this maybe if you have more time, uh, you will find more you know problematic cards, but still. I think it will happen because the history shows us that that it works like this in this kind of games. All right. Yeah. I would just have a different opinion on on the development schedule. Like you like the two months. I would. I'm probably more inclined to say, yeah, maybe one less expansion a year, a little bit more time for testing and balancing. But you know, it's it's all about the preference. And as we saw uh, in the poll, mm -hmm. people are divided because. Um, yeah. Around thirty something percent people say yes, this is this is perfect. We like the schedule. Other people say yeah, maybe three expansions, maybe 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 two expansions. So there is a lot of opinions out there. So uh, so it's it's completely natural for us to disagree on that. Mm -hmm. I, you know what, guys? I think that we also got to remember that maybe it would be a better time to evaluate right after this batch because we just haven't seen the full picture yet, right? It's like we are seeing the cards we have theory crafting. But we, we just haven't seen the main idea. The main idea was to drop three batches and then just, you know, see a bigger balance and maybe some archetypes revived, right? So maybe there are going to be more options, more better decks to choose from because a lot of people were uh, just complaining about having, let's say, one or two decks for every faction to play with, right? Competitive decks. Maybe it's going to change after this batch, right? So the... the, the so we are saying we yeah. have two competitive decks perfection right now. Yeah, it's like, not bad. It's it's okay, what, what I wanted to ask, what I wanted to ask you, is it? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Is it a lot or not? Because uh, yeah, for okay. me, having twelve decks, it's no, no, quite two decks. Okay. Did I say twelve? No. No, you said two, two perfection. perfection. You have six factions that makes twelve. Oh decks. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I well, agree with Rapid on that one. 12, 12 competitive decks in a season is actually pretty damn it's good. good. Yeah, Especially it's good. if you are a beta player and you remember when the ladder was dominated by something like Skellige Frost with Axemen yeah, like or, or the Greatswords or whatever, when <laughs> everyone and their mother was playing that one deck. But 12 <laughs> decks is actually pretty good. Yeah, well, maybe that's... that's uh overstatement coming from me i think that uh people were just you know saying something different but anyways like i'm saying that it's like too few competitive decks to play with right uh this is what some of the pro players are saying okay these are not my words for sure uh but yeah uh 
the main point is we just gotta wait, right? I would like to see uh, that poll coming out maybe after this batch of the expansion. That would probably make more sense. And then we can just evaluate and see if this uh, development schedule is, is good or not. Because, for example, for me, I can, I can agree on, on playing, let's say, three or four decks uh, between each of the batches, and then at the end have like uh, plentiful of decks, and then enjoy the, the meta a bit more, right? So for me, it's, it's pretty all right. For me, it's pretty all right. Definitely, I don't want to see like one expansion every four months, or definitely not the, the last option, right? Two expansions, um, one every six months. Yeah, we this have is, to remember. That would be, that'll be awful. We have to remember this is actually what we wanted, right? Everyone was uh, up in yeah. arms saying we want more expansions a year. We don't need yeah. more cards. We just want more content updates, and we got that. Yeah. So we are also not exactly in a position to complain because we this is exactly what we wanted, and the devs were like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. you want so many expansions, you get so many expansions." Yeah, definitely. Okay, but let let just let just. Uh let off our steam here <laughs> and, and jump to, to the theme of the expansion, right? Because we got the, uh, the price of power, which was uh, all about magic, we could say, right? And that was the overall theme uh, with our Atusa boards as well with the journey, right? And we, which was awesome to me, for example. And uh, I wonder, guys, uh, what is your wish list for the future sets? What would you like to see as a main theme of the expansion? Oh, uh, well, I, before this, when I was preparing for this meeting today with you, I checked all the previous expansions. I think this one is the seventh one, right? Yeah. Uh, so each of them uh, was bringing, uh, apart from, from some theme, right? Vampires or then soldiers with armor. Uh, so each of them was bringing some cool they were bringing mechanics, right? Some new mechanics. So yeah. this time, uh, I think that we only have some new, some new, um, some new uh, additions to the existing mechanics, like you said about bonded things like this. But there, there was not nothing like new, like devotion or eco things that really uh, affected the whole game. So I wonder if. Like I said, as a as a player uh, waiting for for the new expansion, I'm thinking about what do the designers have in mind for the future for the future expansions. Are we going to have something like this, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, because for me, every time it's one thing is theme, and the the other thing is mechanics that are affecting the the game. So that that's that's one thing, uh, and. Yeah, I have I have one theme that I would like to to see in the game, but I, maybe you have the same same idea. So I will wait for for your answer. <laughs> all right. What would Matt, what would you, what would you what you would like to see? Because I checked all the expansions and we have so many themes that that are uh, that were present in the books or in the games, and then now that they are in the game, they are in Gwent. Right. Yeah. So there is one thing that I think that should be boosted a bit more and uh, get some more love. But I wonder if you have the same thing on your mind. So I won't help you. <laughs> it's actually pretty what difficult to say say? because, as you said, we had we had vampires and this whole to song theme. We had Witchers not too long ago. We had Warfer with Iron Judgment. Uh, we had Ophir during the Merge of Ophir expansion. 
Uh, now we have now we have uh, agents and and coups and and this whole magic thing going on with Price of Power. Um, what I would like to see is maybe something about diplomacy because, for example, we are there's Kovir. It's completely not represented right now. There's nothing related to Kovir in the game. I think there's only Priscilla who comes from Kovir originally, but she also appeared in Novigrad during uh, during The Witcher Three. So um, I I don't think she's bound to Kovir. Uh, and we know that Triss was supposed to go to Kavir, and, and that's basically it. So so maybe something like that, diplomacy, you know, uh, there's there's so many characters that um, that could be part of that. In in Squatel, because we have the Blue Mountains and the Oblathana, uh, you have the Skelga Isles and, and the, their uh, own treaties with the Empire and with the North. Uh, you are a Tronilfgaard player, right? Yeah, and, and then Milgard, yeah. you have you have so many potential diplomats. Mm -hmm. A little to, to monsters, <laughs> who is going to be diplomat there? Uh, an maybe. <laughs> Those wild, wild hunt inv invaders, right? In a way, yeah, maybe. But you, you had gales, and that was part of diplomacy. You are right? with us, or you are destroyed. Not, not necessarily. <laughs> you, you have gales, for instance, right? Who was yeah. the, the viceroy of... Uh, of um, the Enel Kingdom, and um, and he he did make a deal with with Geralt and, and and the crew. So I assume there there is some diplomats in there. They are not necessarily making treaties with the unicorns. <laughs> but yeah, then again, monsters there. are always kind of out. Like for example, we say, yeah, what about monsters? But then again, we had the way of the Witcher. What about monsters? They are the targets. They are being killed by Witchers. So it's it's not exactly that. There is there is no monster witcher, so in a, in in a way there's always gonna be a faction that doesn't exactly fit. Yeah, I'm I'm kidding about yeah yeah that's mm -hmm. that's a cool cool idea. That's a cool idea. Camille, yeah. and you? Sorry for hijacking the interview. <laughs> Camille, what would you like to see in when? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm actually a simple guy, and uh, I would go for something that I was mentioning before a lot during my streams too, and a lot of other people from the community also. And that would be Zarykania and the dragons. That just would be something that dragons. I would love to see. And you know, there's there's just a lot of stuff to discover and and to explore in Zarykania because we we don't know a lot about that part of the the Witcher world. And and actually, Gwent could be could be that that bridge to that world, right? Undiscovered world. So that'd be great. And okay, here, actually, so... I think that we can see it in every faction. Mm-hmm. So Ma and if I have a wish to the dev team, I would like to see more bandits. Uh, yeah. Lately, I was trying to build a meme deck with bandits, and it was hard because there are not enough cool bandits right now, and they are there in the in the world. Yes. Uh, in in uh, in Gwent world, in, in Witcher's universe, there are this fringe, right? There are there are outcasts. I think that that. Uh, it would be cool to to have more of them, so that's my wish. Yeah, very good. We one. can very have one. Uh, bandit dragons uh, <laughs> in diplomacy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, you know, Camille, you mentioned Zerikania, and I, I I didn't read those stories, but there is a series of short stories written by Russian and Ukrainian authors, with the blessing of of, of Sapkowski and. Uh, they are about the exploration of the Witcher world, like you know, no, no, like Kovi, Koviri's uh, sailing westwards to discover what's on the other side of the ocean, 
and and I guess that would fit all the factions. You know, maybe elves just trying to find a a, a new place to live, and the elves uh-huh. also arrived on the continent on their white ships. So maybe we could explore their original homeland. You know, and all the same story. They are traveling between worlds. Nilfgaard is probably going south. Uh, trading with Zerikania of here and, and Zangwebar and other countries. Uh, we have this whole Korathi business going on. Yeah. So that, that will also be it. And that will just expand the, the, the Witcher lore in the game. Yeah, pretty cool idea. I haven't read this, those stories either. And it's funny you mentioned that they are, that they are actually Russian. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, Mr. Russian streamer. <laughs> I gotta work on my on my Google Foo here. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think that's it when it comes to this segment of uh, of the podcast because we talk about the cards, our wishes, about the expansion system, and I would like to talk about more about competitive Gwent in the sense of how it is organized, and that's 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 your uh, field of expertise, Rebecca. But before we go there, we have a small announcement, guys. Because it happens so that it's not only episode 30 of Merchants of Belgrade, it's also our second anniversary. Just a little bit more than two years ago, we, uh, we aired our first episode. And I still remember it was, it was Bebo, Bebo Boop, who is no longer part of the community, who was our first guest. And on this occasion, and that's, that's actually Reprex Initiative, we are doing a giveaway. So... All you guys have to do is uh, you have to go to our Twitter account uh, at Novigra Podcast, and there's a tweet saying that you can win um, some some goodies. We have three copies of the Autumn Bundle and three copies of the Autumn uh, Pack. So you can get either the Borden card back or Meteorite Powder and the coin, and this way you are going to support the esports scene. So all you have to do, as I said, you have to go to our Twitter, you have to follow us on Twitter, and like the tweet, and this way you are going to participate. I just don't know how much time we are going to give you guys. A couple of days, I guess? A week, maybe? We still have to agree on that. But there's going to be a macro selecting (laughs) six lucky people getting getting some goodies. So uh, this is our little announcement. We've been doing Happy this for birthday. two years. Thank you. Happy birthday, merchant. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And and with that being said, also uh, happy birthday to all the previous hosts of the show. So, Baby Joseph, um, Lionheart, Thea Beastie, as well as Villa, who is still part of the show. He just he just ventures somewhere in the woods, and he's rarely here, but he's still part of our group. Yeah, he, he's just a silent one, you know. Oh yeah, like, you you can see him right in the in the, in the upper lower cor- left corner he's there upper left corner villa you can see him uh chilling uh it's t- totally not freya allen <laughs> uh so once again guys check our twitter like the tweet follow us on twitter and, and participate in the giveaway oh yeah for those who are watching us right now on twitch i just sent uh the link in chat so you can just follow the link and instantly take part in that giveaway um pretty sure you're gonna like it and there is going to be a huge possibility because we have three autumn esports bundles and three autumn esports packs. So the chances are pretty big. Absolutely. So let's get back on track. Competitive Gwent. Um, first question with uh, competitive season number three. Slowly, slowly coming to an end. We have two events left. 
uh, what can we expect from, from these events? Uh, and we're talking about Gwent Open and number four. We're talking about World Masters. So, uh, you know, the, the COVID situation is calming down a little bit here and there. So uh, what can we expect in terms of setting, studio presence and whatnot? Because I think, I think you are the right person to tell us more about that, Repek. Uh, yeah, so what can we expect? First of all, Gwent Open on 23rd, 24th of October. You can expect a lot of hazard there. Because oh, we yeah. have seven out seven out of eight players speak either Chinese, Ukrainian, or Russian. So we need Hesser here to help us. Get, with get this. used to my face, guys. Yes, and, and Hesser's voice. So <laughs> yeah, and voice. Yeah, you know, so Hesser is will be there throughout the whole he he's that that's the thing that has are you are guaranteed to um, be in the final right because yeah. uh, every time when we are working on these events uh, at some point comes okay uh, and he's i think he's rooting for the for the guys from from russia from china to stay with us throughout the whole weekend and sometimes they they get eliminated on uh, on saturday during the qualifiers uh, quarter finals right this time you are in the final Hesser. congratulations Yay. you can bet on Hesser. he he will be there <laughs> so that's that's the first thing um it was a uh, this so this year was uh well, I think it was easier for us because we had some experience from the previous one. So right now we have the we are keeping to the we are taking to the schedule. Well, the schedule is set. The nothing is going to stop us uh, because we know how to do this. So went open in October and then Masters in uh, in December. Uh, everything is going to happen this way. Uh, you you said that COVID is. Well, the situation with COVID is probably better. Well, we are very careful about this. Unfortunately, in Poland, uh, the number of um, of infections probably they are going to rise. Unfortunately, so that's mm, we cannot do the offline event this year. There is no chance to do this. We would love to, but uh, it is just impossible. We have to think about the safety of the of our employees of, of and of the players, everyone who could come here. Uh, so please expect something like like last year, right? So we'll for us the most important thing is that the players uh, that there are no issues during the tournament, right? In these difficult situations, circumstances with COVID, we still the players are the the people who matters the most, right? We we love to we we love to and we still love to uh, throw the great tournaments with awesome uh, scenography, cosplayers, things like this. But in the end, the most important thing is that there are the games that are played uh, fair, right? So um, everything works fine, and I think we can deliver. Last last year we proved it and. I think the Gwent Master season two finals were where everything went fine. So we hope everything will go fine this this time. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. And uh, following up on that one, uh, we obviously assume that there is a limit, and you want to limit the number of people at the studio. But is there any chance that cosplayers will return to Gwent tournaments either this or next season? Because it's it was always great to see them. They were doing a great job. It was awesome mm -hmm. to see them during the live 
events as well, the offline events. So uh, could you shed some light on this one? So yeah, we usually cooperated with Witcher School, the Witcher School. It's a, um, it's an agency called Five Elements. They are official partner. Right now, they're official partner of the project, and they are doing a great thing that's called Witcher School. You can Google it, and it's a live experience Witcher School. You can go and become a real Witcher. Mm -hmm. uh, I took part in this, and it's life-changing experience, really. Trial of the grasses, everything. <laughs> uh, so Google it. I'm not saying anything more because I'm not allowed to. Um, and um, so, yeah, in, in the past when we had offline events, uh, before, again, before the COVID era, uh, it was always cool to have them with us uh, because they were adding this flavor to all the events. Yeah. Uh, and even during the last Challenger when that was organized here in our studio, uh, we had Eredin, uh, and the the cool fact is that Eredin, in fact, is one of our employees. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> he's community manager for 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 France, yeah. uh, so it was easier. Right now, like I said, uh, we cannot bring them into the studio. There is no point in having a lot of cosplayers in in our tavern, which is in fact not that big. Uh, so. For now, we are not doing. We are not planning planning anything big. As soon as we can organize something big, we most definitely will have cosplayers. At least we'll try very hard to have them. Because it was always cool. I think for uh, for us uh, on set and for players to have them around, it was adding a lot of uh, flavor and depth to uh, to the tournament. Yeah, make that makes sense. Uh... We understand it's a it's a very difficult time, and you can't possibly make any promises right now. Mm -hmm. It is it is difficult to have them in studio, right? Because it is difficult to to organize a tournament somewhere offline, uh, offline in in a in a bigger venue. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's the problem. There's really no point in having them here in our studio because it it. Uh, it is already difficult to have Buja and uh, and our team there, right? <laughs> so there there is not that much space as you can as you might have imagined. Yeah, you know, yeah, go. Yeah, there's actually uh, one cool thing that Alice here is mentioning in chat that maybe it would be a great idea to have Bart sing something for Masters 3, right? And maybe okay. record it on, on his own, right? And just play it. We, we don't have to invite him. <laughs> just mm -hmm. let him play it, right? Okay, thank you. Thank you for this. Hello, <laughs> Alice. Uh, thank you for the suggestion. It's not... Well, okay. I'll pass it to the team. Right? Uh, we, are, we are in touch with him all yeah. the time. Bart the Bart. The man. It's actually an amazing <laughs> idea because, for example, if you look at the footage from uh, from where um, Kevin cosplayed as Aradin, there was a short video of him just uh, walking through Warsaw and, and interacting with people and eating ice. Yeah, and that. we we had we yeah. had great time recording this in in Warsaw. It was about again. It was before. Yeah, but I I think you should be technically able to record that outside. Mm-hmm. So, you know. it is doable. It is doable, and we'll think about this. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. As as I already mentioned, there there is no point in making any promises at the moment. But 
what are your hopes regarding the the offline events uh well as an event manager i learned during the last uh year and a half i learned to be very cautious uh in the beginning i think it, uh, when it all hit us in march 2020 uh it was well out of the blue right even if we knew that something is coming that still we we didn't know how much how how hard it will hit everyone the whole industry event industry uh so we had to adjust and right now really i'm uh i'm trying not to think too too far ahead in time because uh uh it just doesn't work uh and we can for example we we could hype something great for the next year and then we just would have to say sorry guys uh but the covid is not going anywhere and we need to play it safe again <laughs> so yeah but uh trust me in the events team we would we we are we would love to uh, go outside and uh create bigger events for for fans that that's what i miss from from the let's say old days uh, that we could organize even a small tournament here it was op like open right for us it, it's a small tournament uh, comparing to challenger or no masters and we could have uh people from community in the studio that was great like 50 people sitting here players coming and it was like almost a community community gathering I, at some point I, I said to the team they every time we we organize an open we'll have community gathering here because it adds so much uh let's say cool factor to the to the event and it's great you you, you may not see it on on the screen right but for all the participants here and for whole team it uh, generates so much energy that it really helps us during the the event uh because in the past sometimes there were just players coming you know Camille as a translator, you know, makeup artist, stylist, and that was all. It was in the evening, we were just like 20 people sitting there, okay, game after game. Then I think it was Team Aretuza's initiative. They, hey guys, can we come? And we said, okay, please come. And then it was it was a blast and said, okay, let's do this every time if we can. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that I would love to do as soon as we are allowed to do this. Yeah, that was a great experience, and uh, I'm always remembering that and mentioning that during the streams too. And it would be awesome to see everybody in person finally, because like you know, every single tournament this season we had to you know just communicate in Discord and just having like this little chats there. But it would be awesome to see everybody again. And there are some ideas of having like the huge gathering uh, during the before the the, the first final. Uh, of the Masters season one, I think, oh, and yeah. it also, you know, it was right the before the uh, the plague. It, right? You and... know, it still breaks my heart when I think about March 2020. Yeah, uh, I don't think if we because you know it, uh, we got the information that we have to postpone everything. Like, mm. right, people were already 
Okay, it worked. It was like this. It was Tuesday, uh, and I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was Tuesday. It was 5 p.m. I was going to. I was going home after work. Everything was prepared. Everyone was going to board their planes and come to Warsaw. You know, Mac Beard from from Canada, Shinmiri, Flake, everyone, and players from all around all around the world and Europe, and. Uh, and I guess it was 5 p.m. I'm I'm going out of the office and someone is calling me. I pick up the phone and it's Vlad and he's saying, "Hey, Repek, we are postponing the event." And it was like I was standing in the parking and okay, <laughs> turned around, <laughs> went straight back to my my desk and I sat there. Vlad came there and in I think it took us one hour to make everything right. I think I called McBeard and Shemiri and I. I think they were almost going to the airport at that point. So we stopped them at the very last moment because if they came, it, it's not that, that the tournament wouldn't wouldn't uh, happen. They would have problem with coming back to to their countries. That was the problem with some of the players that came uh, to to Poland earlier, and some of the community uh, members that yeah that that were coming there for a big gathering. That that's really that that was. One thing was that the event was postponed. Mm. That was one thing that really was hurtful for us. But uh, the other was, hey, there were so many people coming and wanted to meet. And we were really sad about this, that it couldn't happen. So let's have it uh, as soon as it is possible and safe to have it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still that. remember the, those days. It's just <laughs> so surreal. <laughs> right, like one one minute you you are reading Macbeard's tweet. Hey, guys, I'm heading for the airport. And then two hours later, yeah, the event is not happening. Yeah, yeah. So it it was one of the I think it was the strangest experiences in my professional career. Right. So we had this great event planning. The we were we've been waiting for the, the season one to end for so many months. Right, it, it was a very long season, right? It was, I think, it was the longest of the seasons in the card games industry, like in all the in all the games probably. And then, so uh, when you have to postpone it, it's heartbreaking. But at the same time, we learned a lot. For me, it was uh, I learned a lot at this at this point, right? Um. Let's move to more positive things because uh, uh, yeah, prop, please prop, do. Yeah, props to you guys for uh, running the online events in such a such a cool way, and uh, yeah, we would like to learn more about that, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, now that we have this perspective, um, and uh, online events are our new reality, uh, could you tell us maybe more about what you think? What are the cons? What are the differences between the online events, offline events? And what are the pros of that? Because obviously, online events have some, do have some uh, pros, right? So, what do you think about it? Uh, so, I said about the pros, you know, from the community gathering perspective, right? For team, from building the the community, it's you cannot have it online in yeah. the full with the full power. Uh, so, are there any? The cons, the, the, the most important cons. Let's start, start from the... Uh, from Let's the, get from all the cons. of the way. The, the worst thing is, of course, uh, that we cannot control the environment. When you are coming to our studio, we have our, um, our set of computers. It is there. 
it's it can it almost cannot be affected by some uh, random uh, random things, you know. Yeah. And the first online grant we had, I don't know if you remember, but we and we were we've been working with a very personal. We, we were not doing this at home in our yeah. studio. We've been working with a professional team who is uh, working uh, who is preparing production for uh, television here. Uh, esports television uh, so those guys are pros and still we had problems with connection with um, with players from i think from russia and it even didn't matter that where where they were coming from so it was for us it was very stressful uh and i can imagine how stressful it is for the players who who spend so much time right preparing mm -hmm. for the tournament and they they go online and they get disconnect like twice and i think it's not they get tilted and the whole that this tournament should be you now a, a celebration and, and not not only the last tournament the the end of the road right uh and uh the way to win some money and mm -hmm. get to the to the last tournament, but just just a cool experience and we can have it in the studio. In the studio, it's cool. You have lighting, everything. Uh, but then you are sitting your, at your home. At least you want to qualify. At least you want to win some money. And then internet says no. <laughs> so that's the thing that we hate the most. Uh, luckily, in, the, uh, in uh, later on, I think we only had just a couple of situations like this. So, uh, And it's um, also because we are better prepared. But... Yeah, so that that's that's the biggest con, and every time you are just saying, okay, uh, the worst case scenario is if the final game is lost due to due to the disconnection, and it unfortunately it happened, right? Even this year, uh, we had a we had a problem in in, in the final. So uh, as soon as we can have players here, we would love to ha have them. So what's the pro? Of course, uh, it is from the organizational point of view, it is easier to have an on, uh, online tournament. Uh, I'm usually joking that in the past, my work was to have to bring players to the tournament. So it meant bring them from their country to our airport, from the airport to the hotel, from the hotel to our studio, from the studio to the table where they were playing, and then backwards from the table to the studio to the hotel to the airport and for me the event was done when everyone was safe at home right <laughs> so maybe sometimes even tuesday after after the event right now uh what we are doing is to bring the uh, bring the players to the discord channel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the discord channel to another discord channel and then uh backwards so <laughs> for my right now wow it's so much easier uh but uh if someone asked me let's have the previous uh, uh situation uh, previous model back because it's uh really better to to have everyone here All right. um yeah yeah so so i guess that's that's it i i i really don't seem apart from the of course it's uh, it's cool that some. Uh, on the other hand, right now in this in this situation, COVID situation, some some players who qualified wouldn't be able to come to Poland, mm. right? So let let's say we have we, we had it with the Grandmaster Season One Finals, Hanachan qualified there, right? 
Yeah. And he wasn't allowed to c- come to Poland because of COVID. That was the only reason uh, he wouldn't participate in the finals at that time. Uh, so right now, we can. The, it's not a problem. Wherever you are, you you spend so much time playing, and uh, thanks to the online uh, solutions, right? We 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 won't tell anyone that hey, sorry, you cannot participate in this tournament. You can, but at the same time, we have to have everyone either here in the in the building or we are playing in the online format. Uh, we talked about this many times, but I don't think it is possible to have some of the players at the homes and some in the studio. Mm. Um, yeah, that would be pretty much unfair for those people, right? They they want to come as well, but they have to participate from their homes. So it makes sense to keep it all together, a coherent situation when where everybody is either offline here in the studio or or online. Mm-hmm. It only makes sense. Yeah, and, and once again, props to you guys, because I remember when the first online tournament was to take place, and I, I thought, it's not going to be the same. And still, the atmosphere, it felt exactly like an offline tournament, like with, with everything on it. it. It just felt great. So, so yeah, it, mm-hmm. we, are, we are definitely used to the format by now. Yeah, it's thanks to our great talents, right? We have... So- that's a cooperation. We have great talents. I think we have awesome casters uh, who probably partly because there are many of them are streamers. I think all of them are streamers. So it's not that uh, for them probably it was easier even to uh, mm-hmm. adjust to this situation than for yeah. us because we had no experience with with, with things like this. Uh, so that's their part uh, in this accomplishment. On the other hand, I'm really proud of the whole team here because during this year and a half, they learned a lot uh, how to do this. Uh, and we, right now we are doing just in team of, we, we are independent. We don't have to cooperate with anyone uh, and we can do this in-house. Okay, so can you shed some more light on how it looks from, from the backstage perspective? Like how do you communicate with everyone involved? Because I assume there is, you know, the whole camera crew in the studio, recording Pavel and whatnot. Uh, there is this whole, I call it the VAR studio because it looks like the, 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 you know, the football <laughs> situation with all those guys behind screens watching every play. And, and then you have casters. And, and I remember when Shimiri was on the show, he said, yeah, right now I have to assign the plays that allow to showcase myself. And then you have the players. So how does it look like from, from your end? Okay. so. Hesser knows how many people are there. <laughs> Can you guess how many people are there in the studio during the event? Uh, What's w- your guess? I would say in the studio itself, so you have Pavel, so that's one. You have the camera guy who records him, so that's at least two. You are probably there, so that's three. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I would say like three guys behind the scenes, you know, working the computers and, and, and plays and whatnot, it's like six people at the very least. Okay, so there are around 10 people every time. Uh, so there's also, of, of course, Bourgeois as a host. And if you, you see him, right, he's talking to you. So imagine that if he looks to his right, uh, so your left, and then like one meter away, there is Vlad sitting. 
right? <laughs> so he's in with a gun. He's controlling. He's our <laughs> controlling observer. Right next to him, next to him, there's me. Uh, and in the same room is also uh, Dominika, who is taking care of uh, our social media. So four people in this room. Uh, Ryan Godric usually always somewhere over there preparing uh, memes uh, for you and <laughs> things like that. And then there is a separate room with four or five people producing the show. So yeah, usually there are and. So there are 10 people working on, on site and it is amazing that we can do this in, it's not a very big team, but everyone knows what to do. Uh, and it, it works right now for, for us. It's, uh, it's almost like in the pre in the past when we had offline events. So we really know what to do at, at every point. So, uh, and regarding the communication, we have just discord channel, right? Discord is working. Working for us, it's it's not optimal tool, but it's working. Uh, and so we have all the casters in one room, all the players in another, and we have to just move them between different channels so they can hear, for example, Hesser if, if we need an interview after the game. Uh, so again, that's in the past. We were just in this in the room. I was, for example, was in the studio. For example, I was in this room. When, when when you can see me and I was coming for a player and said, okay, let's go to the studio. You will sit at the table. Right now, we are just in the same room and I'm saying, okay, please join this room. Turn your camera on. Let's go. Uh, but it still needs, uh, requires a lot of focus from, from everyone. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it sounds more complicated than I thought it would be. But at the same time, it's very compact, so so mm -hmm. I I can only imagine how stressful it is and how much work it has to be, you know, for you to kind of maneuver. You have only ten people; it's a small group, and you kind of have yes, to make it, it all is, work. It's, it's really a, it's really a small group, and and I remember uh, during the first opens that we've been doing in the online modes, uh, we've been. We were, you know, really stressed that something will go wrong. There, there were people that were learning how to do this because we had a great, uh, we had a, um, people who were who were doing offline events in the past, but they couldn't help us uh, during the online ones. But they were the mentors for the new ones. So that was also that was great that the people who who were there with us uh, in the past they helped the new ones. And so this knowledge was transferred. And right now, uh, just please, after after the Gwent open, check the credits. And all those people are really working hard on to deliver this. Um, to kind of follow up on, on this whole situation, because, for example, when, when you said that, okay, there's, there's Pavels standing there and, and, and doing all the hosting things, and you said there is Vlad sitting right next to him. And I just imagine Vlad, you know, with his... Like with the face of a uh, of a cold-blooded killer with a gun, Pavel. If you leak too much, I'm gonna shoot you. Uh, well, I guess that Pavel knows that he cannot leak too much because you know he's in charge of this. That's that's his part in the company. He's our leak master. So, uh, yeah, I I think it's usually him who who, who knows what can be leaked. So. Don't worry, don't worry. I don't think that. Um, can, so can do you know, with that being said, are there any funny stories? Because I watch Flake, for instance, and he throws so many references 
And he says so many things that I kind of get the idea that you are sitting somewhere there in your room and thinking, Jesus, Fleck, he shouldn't have said that. And now you have Shinmiri to control because I kind of feel like Fleck unleashes him. Shinmiri turns, turns from that, you know, very analytical guy, very calm guy to actually somebody who starts cracking jokes and being the soul of the party. Are there any funny stories that you want to share with us here? So, you know, you know, there is Flake and there is funny, right? Because, you know, he's on the different level. We all we all know this. He's he's great. Uh, and, but the great thing is the great thing about this duo is that uh, there's a great chemistry be, be, between them. And trust me, Shinmiri is a very funny guy. He's cracking jokes, too, but it works perfect between between two of them they you know how they are responding to each other so so it's awesome oh well regarding things on uh, the backstage i i'm not allowed to say to prepare all of them because some of them you know include players so sorry <laughs> if i if i uh, if i don't have their permission i won't say this but uh i think i had we had we vlad because we are during the whole tournament we are sitting next to each other we are talking a lot and uh i think uh recently we had um we were going to reveal a card and i'm asking a card i'm asking vlad okay vlad what's this card about how is it going to work and Vlad's explaining this to me and saying oh it's going to be a meme card so uh don't worry it's it's it, it will be cool but it's just a meme and we are meeting uh, we revealed the card players started playing this and we are meeting during the next tournament i think it was quite close and i'm sitting in the in the in the room and saying hey vlad it's going to be you said it was going to be a meme and vlad yeah jokes on me it was sunset wanderers uh so uh it happens even to us so yeah uh but the flag is is our our star and he's always making us laugh and i hope that it works for you too. Oh yeah, it definitely does. I, I like the contrast because you have um, you know, Flake and Shinmiri, extremely funny duo. And, and then you have this very serious analytical approach of Lionheart and Pia. So like you, you watch one set of games, it's like, yeah, it's just constant jokes. You barely can focus on the game. And then you have an explanation of exactly what's going on and what's going to happen from this analytical duo. Yeah, that that's one of the things that I'm really happy about the last year, because in 2020, when the tournament platform was introduced, I said, guys, we need to use this to show the games from the qualifiers, because uh, there are so many great players playing in the qualifiers. They don't, they don't get to, they don't, many of them, uh, they don't get to uh, play on open, right? Because they they lose in the very last last game. Uh, but let's show how are they how they are playing. So. I'm really happy and grateful for um, grateful to Claymore who helped us. So the team Claymore, the team that's always helping us with qualifiers, and all the casters that decided to take part in this. And Lionheart and Tia, thanks to these qualifiers and that they were casting, they we said, okay, let's have them cast the actual tournament, and it worked great, right? You you know that there is they are they're working great together. Uh, and we also had Spessy and Jaggeress. Uh, so it's a I think it's a cool cool way for, for the caster, for the streamers to um, to try something new. Uh, and well 
as you can see, it's a possible. That's a way to get into our cast into the to the talent uh, lineup. Yeah, I I, I really like that you um expanded the um, the, the caster um, roster. Now we have now we have Shimirian Flake, we have Lionheart and Dia, we have Spessy and Christo. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Christo. I I kind of I am kind of sad that he's separated from Flake, who's his uh, childhood friend. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, really happy about the casters right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, I think we have to speed it up a little bit because we are slowly approaching our two-hour limit, and I know that Hesser. <laughs> Kinda can't stay for too much longer than that today. So, um, sorry. Next question. Yeah. yeah, still going to work after the podcast, so yeah, we we have to wrap it up a bit. But yeah, uh, mentioning the Fanny stories, uh, is there any uh, great story or the great memorable moment of your career that you would like to and you could share with us as an event manager to Gwent? Yeah. So, I think that that's a. Uh... That's a thing that everyone is telling. If you if you ask the old players, the from from the season one, the casters. Well, the highlight of of this all was was the first big tournament challenger in Moshna Castle in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. It's uh, for me because uh, for me, uh, I'm just celebrating the fourth anniversary of working in CDPR, and when I joined four four years ago, it was like. We had one open, and then immediately we went to Moshna Castle. It's a wonderful palace in in Poland. We had all those great uh, talents, players, casters. We had uh, Matthew Mercer, uh, and it was it was just an one in a lifetime uh, experience. So even if I if I even if I got fired because I wasn't uh, <laughs> you know at this trial uh, period for three months, then even if I got fired by the end of the year, then it, uh, I would say it was worth it, right? So <laughs> it's uh, it was a foreign event manager. It was a dream come true. Later next year, we we also moved to to Vieliczka. So it was a salt mine. We go we went down under uh, underground. It was a great tournament. Uh, and but nothing beats this, uh, I think, when we are talking about uh, Gwent, of course. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, yeah I'd I love to go like... back to Moshna Castle one day again and do something uh, big once more. Yeah, I remember it, it. It's not only that you uh, you rented the space, I think this because it's already expensive, as I imagine, but it's also you know, having people like having people like um. Matthew Mercer, uh, and, and you know all these people we know from other games and and their other work. That was ton load of money, and I remember. Well, let, let's let, let's not talk about money because money <laughs> you you cannot buy everything with yeah, money because but... uh, it, let uh, honestly uh, and uh, for now I think it is better. We and we I think we've proved and proven this. It's better to have hosts from the, our community. Because of course Matthew is great, Marisha was great, and uh, we had great hosts. But then during the challenger in Skelly, the Skellige challenger, we decided to have Flake uh, and Ashlizel, and it it was it was great because they know the game, community knows them, and you can you we could feel that they care about the game. You know that it's uh, so. Uh, and Flake joined our team, right at this at this point. 
and I don't think we are uh, ever going to change this. It's we have so many talented people at our community that they can easily do the Matthew Mercer's work, really. But where I was going with this is, you know, it's not that okay, it was expensive. You should have done that. Now, my my idea was that for a game that's this fresh, you showed so much ambition. Like the first mm. tournament series, you already thought so big. It's 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 just amazing. Are you think you know what? Yeah, it's we just, we just started. This whole Gwen thing is new. Let's let's run the castle. Some some you know esports superstars. Let's do it. Why not? Yeah, that's the DPR way. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I I remember season one was great. Even even and even the 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 world masters that were, that were held offline online. I mean, uh, it was just amazing. You know, to see live coach and everyone uh, once again. Great tournament. Yeah, it was a great closure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think we can we can uh, skip the next question that we have uh, on our list about uh, non World Masters event because you kind of already answered that. You said that right now it's very difficult to predict anything. Yep. Uh, so there is a question that Hester going to ask, and it's a question we are very very interested in. <laughs> That's right. So um. Well, since you happen to be the event manager, uh, is there any chance we could record a Merchants of Novigrad episode at the Gwent, the famous Gwent Tavern studio? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's... As soon as the, uh, this whole COVID bullshit is over, let's just talk to... Let's have a talk with Buja and who knows? All right. You know, right, you know that we are promising. clipping this and we are sending this puzzle. We have it on video. <laughs> no problem. You know, he already knows about this question, so <laughs> let's, let's. Yeah, we. I mean, not sure if it's going. We'll have to wait and see. But if that was, a, if that is a real possibility, we will be. It will be just crazy for us. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You are giving us hope, Repek. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Joy and hope. <laughs> okay, guys. I think I think that's it for um competitive. We actually we actually did talk about some competitive gameplay as well. Very little, but uh, it was mostly about the 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 organization stuff. But I would like to ask some personal questions because this is our uh, last segment, and once again, we have to kind of rush it now. Um. Okay, I'll try to be brief. Okay, so with that being said, and with the um, remembering that you are not part of the Gwen team, what does your regular workday look like, and how do you maneuver between you know the Witcher franchise, Gwen and whatnot, and, and Cyberpunk? Well, so it's a typical nine to uh, nine to five work, right? <laughs> uh, but sometimes you have to spend more time during some some event for the for the company yeah so we are uh, gwen team uh, events team is helping with everything uh you know when it comes to promoting the games uh, and uh, so when there was a promotion time for cyberpunk we've been going abroad to show the games show the game uh abroad to the uh to people to 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 the community uh when it comes to gwen that's why i was hired to 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 do this so that's what we are helping with but there's also a lot of uh, things going inside the company so like 
this uh, this Friday we we were organizing the social Friday because people need to celebrate, need to come together, have some fun together, uh, and that's always our our job. If if we have a guest, we are giving them a tour uh, in the company, right? So that's what we do. We are we are you know organizing events outside and inside. All right. All right. Yeah, that, that sounds like a lot of job, actually, because in, in every company, there is like a lot of meetings, events, or a lot of guests coming up. So uh, definitely a hard job. And and as, as we mentioned before, even like maneuvering between like 10 people organizing uh, the online tournament, uh, imagine how did that look like before when we had like, you know, the community gatherings and, you know, like... Uh, up to hundred of people in the studio or near the studio, right? I can only imagine that that was a really hard, hard job to do back then. Yeah, but we love it. <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, let's jump to um, to actually the design and your image of a streamer as well. And not only before that, it happened before. Uh, how come you developed an unconditional love for Shoop? What is the original story? And how did you proclaim yourself as the ambassador, the ship ambassador? Well, no, no one wanted him, so I took him, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know, uh, um, I've been talking about uh, Mosca Castle, right? Tournament in back in, in 2017. And what happened during Mosca Castle 2017 tournament? It was the midwinter drop, right? I think it was then when the ship was first introduced to the world. Uh, as this, uh, the card um, got a different name back then, but yeah. So I think I fell in love with with this totally random card that everyone hated uh, <laughs> from the from the very very beginning. I don't know if you remember, but uh, everyone hated Midwinter. But at the same time, yeah, there was this shoop and it was this card was was crazy. So I said, hey, it's great. Uh, and um, I think that's another thing is that when I'm working on some project and I'm I'm getting attached to a game, I, I like to, you know, have something that I love in it. So yeah. Shub for me, uh, I think it was a perfect match for me. I get it. I you know I, I like I like the design of the of this card and of this character and yeah, he makes me laugh. That's what I want to do as well. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, Shoop. Shoop is a lovable uh, person for sure, <laughs> creature. And uh, I also love him. And I, I think that people love him as a card. And not only, you know, you have like hundreds of people uh, wanting that Shoop plushie that you can see over here in my room. Yeah. So definitely. All right. Um, but that leads us to the next question as well. Uh, what's the story behind your relationship with uh, Team Bandit Gang? We know that they love a lot of meme decks. They love Shoop for sure as well. <laughs> Tell us more about this. So I think that for a healthy community around any game, we need Team Aretuza, Team Leviathan, you know, the hardcore <laughs> teams that are competing at the and other teams, of course, that that they have players right now at the opens and uh guys like you who are doing great podcasts and you know doing something for community it, it's great but <laughs> what i love about team bandit, bandit gang is they are this fun factor right with king denpai with his funny streams and other guys that are creating this uh, meme snapshots uh, for me it's it's perfect because for a casual player like me of course from time to time i like to play meta decks and try hard for 
day or two uh, to get to the pro rank. But if I don't make it, if I want to keep it fresh, I'm looking at the meme decks and playing them. So uh, I love what the what what the team is doing for the community and delivering this less uh, pro content. Of course, there are pro players there, right? They're they're doing both things, but yeah. I don't think anyone else is doing the thing they are doing. Oh yeah, that's true. Definitely, absolutely. They are providing us with with great decks to play, not only on a competitive level, but also to just have some fun. And it's like a great resource for the streamers too, because uh, they do the best job for us, just giving us the decks that people love, right? To yeah, watch. Coll collusion all the way. I yeah. hate syndicate. I'm not hating syndicate. I'm not playing syndicate because I'm bad at doing this. But collusion deck, and I win. <laughs> Funny. Absolutely, uh, a, a very fun team providing us with all those memes, and you know, even even every every patch there is like a list. Uh, Bumbling, for example, uh, releases a list of like eighteen or twenty decks that can potentially get you to pro. So it's not only memes; it's also homebrews that actually happen to work. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So some great work from uh, Team Banding Gang uh, out there. As I said multiple times, we are running short on time, so I think we are going to ask one more question. And it's going to be part of our ongoing investigation. Whenever <laughs> we have one of the rats on, on this show, we ask about something that Pavel tweeted, I think it's going to be like a year and a half ago, maybe even longer. And that is the famous Buja coffee. <laughs> so, uh, once upon a time, there was, um, uh, there was a listing. Right, you you guys were looking for a new community manager or something something of the sort. Pablo said, "I make great coffee," and we made it the goal of our lives to to validate that claim. <laughs> so, Repek, what can you tell us about the Pablo coffee? So, for me, every tournament that we are doing here in the in the studio starts with two things. One thing is that I need to uh, bring uh, the portable toilet for the team. Toy toy, right? We need it straight at the next to the studio because we don't have time to go to the main building during the tournament. So if I have this and I have a coffee from Buja, I consider the tournament is starting. And yes, he's making a great coffee. Damn, maybe we'll have a chance to, to try. Well, I had a chance to try it out, but maybe <laughs> Matt, you will yeah. have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we, we already asked about the studio. So now we, get, we have to ask Pablo about coffee too. Maybe that's I the think way... He... I think he likes preparing coffee for everyone. He's always asking who wants it and... Yeah, and maybe, he, maybe that's the way to approach this, right? We just ask, hey, Pavel, can we, you know, uh, can come we around and, and have, have a taste of your amazing coffee and then praise the coffee and then just throw that question, hey, can we can we record an episode at the studio? And he's going to be like, yeah, absolutely. You love my coffee, so I'm, 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 I'm going to love to have you around. Yeah, guys. write it in the fine print below, right? Uh, <laughs> we want your coffee, and then and we want to drink on... <laughs> yeah, it may work. It may work, you never know. Okay, with that being said, let's move to the last segment. We actually had to skip some questions, but we are going to save them because you never know. Maybe, maybe one time, Rebek, we're going to invite you again. Uh, we had Pavel twice already, so... Uh, be prepared, because we can call any day. Anything. Uh, the last segment is the shameless plug. So, Repek, let's say some people, some, are, some of our viewers would like to get in touch with you, would like to learn more about what you're doing and what you're streaming and what are your personal views. When can they find you? Well, me? Well, on Twitter, Mr. Repek. Uh, so I have an account there, and some, I usually share my 
you know, I retweet things uh, that our community is posting, but sometimes right now, okay, I'm I'm starting a career as a as a streamer, right? So I have to post about my streams. So yeah, you can catch me there, and um, I my DMs are not are not closed. Awesome, perfect. I'm dropping the links as we speak, so you guys can just click on the links, follow Repek, jump in his stream, bring yeah, some. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to stream on on Tuesday if possible. Or when we have new cards, or on Wednesday, we'll see. Yes, Perfect. sir. What about you? Well, as usual, uh, you can guys find me on Twitch at twitch.tv/hessertavern, or on Twitter under pretty much the same link. I'm gonna drop the links as well, and I'm gonna remind you as well about the uh, going on about the giveaway going on. You just need to um, follow us on Twitter here. Um, and just wait for the for the raffle, and maybe you have a chance to win uh, the great bundles supporting the Gwent esports scene. Um, they are pretty awesome. I just buy all of them right away, and uh, yeah, hope to see you there. Thanks. And um, as always, I'm not gonna promote myself because you are already on my channel, but I would like to remind you guys once again to follow us on Twitter at Notweb Podcast. Among other things, you have a chance to win one of the bundles. Um, also, as I, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, this episode is going to be uploaded on uh, YouTube, Spotify, and a number of other platforms, uh, either today or during the week. So uh, keep an eye out. And uh, yeah, if you, if you have some spare time on your hands, I'll, I'll be actually staying on stream. So uh, if, you, if you are willing to watch some Novgaard, uh, just don't go anywhere. With that being said, uh, Hesser, Ripek, thank you guys for being here. It was a pleasure. Great thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay, chat. Great day. So, uh, chat, if you were here only for the podcast, thanks for staying with us. Thanks for asking the questions. We'll see you guys later. And if not, then I'll see you guys in a few moments.